But as you know, when we looked at the pictures of the rim rocks, there's no mention of the Indians ever using them to run buffalo off before they ever built any of that stuff on the face. There's no mention of the Indians running buffalo. Many buffalo will run off of there. But it can never be a historical site because a lot of our Indian beliefs are mysteries. A lot of, uh, there's a lot of magic involved. And people really don't want to make a monument out of mystery. Even though it is the belief of people. Now, if they found some arrowheads there on the rims, I'm sure they would say, yep, this was a buffalo jump. If they found bones, they would say, yep, this is a buffalo jump. This is very untrue. Because the rims in any sand rocks are the home of the little people. They dwell in the sand rocks. If you deface their home, you can never run buffalo off of there. So this is why when the Indians would run buffalo off of these cliffs, they would always clean up all the bones. They used all the bones. They used the marrow. They never left bones littered around the base of the sand rocks. They did not want to offend the little people. See, the Indians aren't the only ones that's mystified by little people. You know of the Irish. You know of many peoples in, the, in Europe that make clothes for these little ones. That uh, There's great mysteries when you look into their legends. With a lot of our, uh, our historic places, historic basically, many of them are just to the Indian people and to uh, curious tourists that come by from time to time that are interested in history. The Indian people did not camp near sand rocks. That was a taboo. They could not camp near sloughs, swamps, because of the, because of the spiritual people that lived there. That's where life began in the black mud. You never camp near a swamp. You never camp near a spring because this is where the serpents live. A lot of people can never really buy that. They can never buy the fact that if they put a $10 billion reward on Bigfoot, everybody in the country would be looking for him and they'd never find him. Why? Because he's a supernatural being. He does exist. Like the the uh, big serpent in uh, Scotland. They see him all the time. You'll never catch him. Supernatural. The Indian people dwell in the supernatural of many things. Our beliefs, our prayers, all the things that we really believe in, a lot of them are determined by the supernatural. There are three different serpents that live in the spring. One is black, one is white, and one is red. Two of them, one of them doesn't like you, 
and he, he'll, you'll hear his sound in the evenings or when you come close by during the day. If they don't want you there, you're going to hear a thumping sound. But non-Indians are scientific people. They like to look into uh, why that sound is. Let's find out what it is. Maybe it's bubbles coming up through the water and causing this. But as the presenter before me talked of mysteries, many things be are a mystery and they need to remain a mystery. Accept them what they are. Don't belittle it in any way. Just appreciate it. There was a Crow gentleman. Uh, we're, we're closely related with the Crow tribe, even though we fought them for 70 years. They are very strong in their cultural beliefs, in their, uh, a lot of their practices. They're still very strong in their language. Many of our other tribes are losing our language. But there was a man that told me a story one time. His name was Tom or his last name was Stops, and he was a community health representative. And he says, my name, they changed my name when they, they gave it, didn't have a census. He says, my clan used to find the camping places for the crow. He says, my name used to be Stops at Pretty Place but they cut that off. They were the ones that chose these sites. You'll see a lot of historical things as you walk our country. You'll see what everybody calls teepee rings. They're not teepee rings, they're ceremony rings. No Indian in their right mind would have camped there. Nobody lines their teepees with stones because it attracts snakes and spiders. And if you have a mean mother-in-law, they could be a lethal weapon. <laughs> there are many things. Uh, eventually, I'd, I'd like to establish a tourist program on the Northern Cheyenne because of the, the mysteries and the historical sites of our land. The, uh, we do have a buffalo jump, but throughout the years it's been defaced and a lot of people have put their names on it. And. Uh, it could never be red buffalo again, but it was one of the best buffalo jumps that I've seen. But the most spiritual one, if you're ever on your way to Bozeman, stop at the Madison, the Madison Buffalo Jump. There is no graffiti on that stone face. There is no trash. That is a wonderful place. It's a very spiritual experience to go there and to climb it. Little people dwell all over this stone face. If you ever get to the top of it, you can see why it was such a wonderful buffalo jump, even though my tribe did not use it. A lot of it was used by the, the crow and the blackfoot and the different ones. As you climb to the top, you'll see a rise in the, in the hill before the cliff. But it blends into the mountains, the faraway horizons. And you cannot see that cliff until you get right on it.
And a lot of people say, no, they couldn't have done it here because they would have been a hamburger. You know, everybody's trying to blow this up. What's wrong with hamburger? <laughs> but they, it is a real clean sight. And when you go there, you're going to see flashes on the side of you, your peripheral vision, as you walk among the sagebrush. You're going to see something that might catch your attention, but when you look, it's not there. Those are the little people that are following you. They're all around there, and you catch them. I have seen these little ones in my life. I've seen them stand by me, looking up at me with their sharp teeth. A lot of people can't believe that. They found one of a little 14-inch child or a 65-year-old man in a uh, cave that they had in uh, Wyoming where they had uh, blasted. And uh, they did an x-ray of him and took him out of the cave. And he was 65 years old. He had sharp pointed teeth. He eventually was lost and there's a $10,000 reward out for him. A lot of our history, uh, this morning a gentleman at breakfast talked of uh, a petrified man. Well, the Cheyennes also have a legend of a, as they were going into Miles City, they were, uh, they were uh, surrendering. One of the old ladies was tired. They didn't have enough horses for all of them. She says, I'll wait here. She told her grandson, I'll wait here. And when you come back with a horse, I'll, I'll go in with you. Let me rest for a while. So she sat down with her blanket and covered herself. When the little boy went back for his grandmother, she had turned to stone. And the Cheyennes say, the soldiers came and took this stone. This is when General Miles was there. What they did with it, nobody knows. But these are the legends that the, the Cheyennes do have. We have many historical sites in Landier and in Busby. Uh, one is probably the, uh, we call the Miracle of White Ball. It's, uh, they put them a monument there and painted it blue and they got a fence around it. It's been a fenced-in area for many years. You can see the evidence of the stones that had once covered the hole that fell into it. But nobody can believe this because it's magic. White Bull and, uh, was one of our most powerful medicine people. And at times he would uh, when all the tribes got together, the Lakota and the Cheyenne, they used to always meet on the Rosebud River, which was called Rosebud Creek, what was called Big Ceremony Creek, because of Sitting Bull's Sundance, historic Sundance, and uh, the uh, Medicine Deer Rocks that the Sioux used to, to make their magic. They call it Big Ceremony Creek. And as they all gathered, White Bull told the warriors to dig a hole in the ground, big enough for him to sit in it. 
And then it took 21 warriors to carry these stones from the mountains there. They placed these, uh, he painted a buffalo robe with symbols of his, his life. And uh, years before, he had fast, fasted as a little boy, as many of the Cheyenne people do. You fast for four days and four nights with no water or food. You can see wondrous things during this period of time, suffering. The more you suffer, the greater your reward. <clears throat> After he had, uh, the hole was dug, they tied his thumbs together, his arms together with rawhide, his feet together, his knees together. And they, they lifted him and put him in this hole. And then they covered him with these large stones that these 21 braves carried down and placed on, on top of him. When he was 14 years old, he had done a vision quest. And at the conclusion of his vision quest, he was, he was greeted by a, a small, handsome man <coughs> that came to him. And he says, one day, whenever you, you call for me, I will be there for you. So they put ice or white bowl. His Indian name was Mom, ice. They put him in that hole and they covered him with the, the buffalo robe and the stones. And the woman, which was their duty, they put up the lodge. Men did not put up lodges, women put them up. They put up a lodge that had two teepees together so that all the ceremonial people, the medicine people, could sing their sacred songs. As they started singing, after a couple hours, a woman confronted them as they were singing their songs. And these songs take a long time because there's a ritual that you have to go through. There's protocol. This woman was very angry and she confronted them and said, you need to hurry up or you need to, we need to uncover him, he's gonna smother. There's no air that can get to him. And she was sitting there very angry at the people that were singing songs. Somebody touched her on her back. When she turned around, it was frightful. He said, let them sing their songs. I'm hungry, let's go to your lodge. So he went to the lodge and ate. After he ate, the medicine people were still singing their songs. And White Bull started to mingle with the warriors and the tribal members of all the different bands. And a noise rose in the crowd that White Bull was standing among them. And they all gathered around him and many of the warriors that were disbelievers went to that hole that, that was covered with these huge stones. And they uncovered him. He said, he tricked us. They uncovered him. The robe was gone. The, the hole was empty. They jumped inside and dug around to see if there was soft parts where he made it, may have tun tunneled out. They couldn't find them things. 
So they placed these stones back over that hole where they remain today. They fell inside that hole and they're, they're sideways now. There's two big stones in there. Now, do we believe that or not? Will anybody ever make it into a historical site? I doubt it. Because there's nothing scientific about that that you could tear it up about. It's really hard. And a lot of our, our historic sites fall in, the, in this category also. Will they ever be a historic site? The way America is going today, religion is not important to people. We don't want our children to, to pray anymore in school. We don't want them to pray when they pick plants, which I teach. Many schools will not allow me to talk of prayer. But a lot of the end of life, you've got to understand, is very spiritual. They, are, they were very spiritual people. There's many, the uh, one that I mentioned, Medicine Deer Rock. Everybody likes to go there. They offer me money to take them. I have no business there. My family cannot go there. My father said, when you go to Medicine, why do you want to go to Medicine Deer Rock? It belongs to the Lakota people, the Sioux. That's their Sioux holy ground. All you're going to do is step on the prayers of the Sioux people. You have no business there. He says, when Cheyennes go there, you can go blind. He says, if you wish to give a gift, give it at a distance and lay it down. Do not go near that place. Now they have people climb all around there and the children pay, play with the paints that are there. That was just made into a historical site. And now everybody can climb all over anything they want. There's no respect for it anymore. This is where they made deer medicine. When they want, they would hunt on a reservation where we, the Cheyennes are. Because of our buffalo jump, many of the Lakota came to run buffalo with the Cheyennes. Crazy Horse was known to do this many times. But that, it's just been turned into a historical site. Uh, Sitting Bull's Sundance area is is not recognized yet, or will be. But this is where he gave a hundred pieces of flesh that they cut from him, that he made as an offering. And uh, in his vision, White Bull had painted him. And he, he had, White Bull had painted a white horse with symbols. And they say that they led the horse into, and gave it to Sitting Bull. And when they sang a song, Sitting Bull and the horse danced together. After the vision, after the, the conclusion of the ceremony, in Sitting Bull's vision, he saw soldiers falling from the sky, like crickets falling from the sky. This is while they were going to the which consequently became the uh, Battle of the Little Bighorn.
they weren't going there to fight anybody. They were going there to replenish the Cheyenne supplies of buffalo robes, of antelope meat. See, the Cheyennes had more villages destroyed than all the western tribes put together. They had ten of them, and they were all destroyed in the winter. Why did they destroy the Cheyenne camps in the wintertime? That's, that was the best time that the cavalry could surprise everybody, because any Indian in his right mind didn't travel around during that period of time. But we had two covenants. One was the sacred arrows, which we still have in Oklahoma. Even though three of these were captured by the Pawnee, one was returned to the Buffalo Arrow. But the Pawnee would never return the other two. We also have the sacred buffalo hat with its teepee, its lodge, up on the muddy valley. That is a sake, these, these covenants were given by our prophets. The soldiers were always trying to get these covenants. They never could. We have them today. They are no different than the Ten Commandments. They are that special to our people. You can see these things. You can go into that buffalo lodge and see this, see her resting in her backrest. If you want help for your family and during a time of sickness and need, you can take gifts and go there and take your loved one in there and have them get blessed and doctored while they're in there. See, we accept everybody except we will not you have to be a tribal member or an Indian in order to participate in our most sacred dance what they call the willow dance I am one of the dog soldiers I'm a headsman of the dog soldiers one of them there's three of us we have a whole group of people my great-great-grandfather was killed in Summit Springs. He was, a, he was the dog soldier chief, Tobo, a Duahastast. My dad's grandfather was the son of Tobo. His name was Jacob. His horse was shot seven times on a Custer Hill before it fell. He became one of the chiefs even though he was a headsman of the dog soldiers. He became one of the scouts at Fort Keogh. And when they mustered out, he became the first chief of police on the Northern Cheyenne Reservation. He's my grandfather, my dad's grandfather. History surrounds the Indian people in many mysteries, Devil's Tower. I don't know who gave it the name. I don't know if anybody ever saw a devil in her life. But it's called Devil's Tower. The Cheyennes call it Bear Lodge because of the legends of the seven brothers that were chased by their sister, which is, this is a long story, was chased by their sister and uh, she turned into a bear. 
and the little boy that had the magic, he called for help. And this earth, this hill started to grow. And as they started, the, the monument started to punch out of the ground with the children, the boys on top. The bear would, would use its claws to try to get at the children and it continued to grow. There's no mention of what happened to the bear after that. But the little boys eventually became part of the Little Dipper. That's one of the legends. There's many legends about different stories of the, little, the seven little boys that became stars in the, in the Little Dipper. But that was called Bear Lodge, or Sacred Mountain in Sturgis. It's called Bear Butte because some soldier had shot a bear there. Had nothing to do with bear. It is called Buffalo Lodge. That's where our prophet Sweet Medicine led the buffalo out of. That's where our sacred arrows came from. This is the vision quest place that we suffer on the side of that mountain. Many times when people are invited inside to meet these sacred people. It's a, it's, a, it's a place of much suffering, but it is called Buffalo Lodge. Wow, I was on a roll too, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but there's many things that are, that you can look up and look when you look into Indian legends. Look up the race, the the great race track, the great race, where the the Indian raced all of the animals for dominance. There is an author in there called Firewolf. Read his his is the truth. Because the magpie won for us. Whenever we kill a a deer or a pheasant, we always have to leave a portion of it for the magpie because he won the race for the Cheyenne people. This is where, after we beat the buffalo, the fastest buffalo they had was a female by the name of Slim Walking Woman. When the magpie won for the man, all the buffalo, when he followed them, they had they had just killed a man and they were eating him. And when he walked up on them, they tried to hide the meat in their throat and they choked and died. This is why the only part that a Cheyenne cannot eat of a buffalo is the thymus gland, the sweetbread. You cut the throat, you have to throw it. It's called Wustanevich man fat. But there are so many sites and I like to share these with anybody that comes to the reservation. They're always welcome at my home to tell stories. And I always have a good pot of coffee going. <laughs> I want to thank you all.